All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding, blue line, jam, stop! Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to season four, episode four of the Daily Face Off podcast. I'm your host, Brock Sagan. With me to my left, Dylan D. Berthew. T, how's it going? Chewing good, Brock. And not live in studio, but uh, you know, about 10 minutes away behind a computer screen is Michael Beebs Bonnie. How's it going, Beebs? Good. Live from the comfort of my own bed. Um, just went to an OHL opener so uh, here in Windsor. So hockey's like officially back for me. So I'm phenomenal. I'm like at my peak right now. And did yeah. they win? They did in overtime. So it was hype as shit. Nice. Like, so it's such a great way to start. Although it kind of sucked because this is the one game that I didn't want to go to overtime because we had to record this. So the second I went to OT, I'm like, yeah, figures. <laughs> Luckily, they finished it real early because three on three is just awesome. Um, and yeah, it was a good, good win for Windsor. Good, good one and oh, on, on pace to win all 62. Perfect. It's a good start to the year. Um, but yeah, if you guys yeah. haven't been paying attention to the last couple episodes, we are going through our positional previews uh, for the 2018-19 fantasy hockey season. Uh, we've covered the centers, we've covered the left wings, and now we're going to wrap up the forward position today with the right wing. So uh, what we do is we cover the top 10. Uh, we each have our own top 10 at the position. Uh, so we'll go through our individual top 10s, talk about a little bit on why our rankings are different, make some arguments for you know who we've got where, and then after that, we'll talk about our sleepers, breakouts, busts, and rookies at the position. So without further ado, uh, Biebs, let's start with you. Uh, who do you have ranked one through five at the right wing position? This was a fairly easy one for me, at least at the top. Um, I mean, I'm sure it was for you guys as well. I got Nikita Kutrov over in Tampa. This is a guy who last year had 64 points in the first 49 games before the All-Star break. Said people kind of punching themselves in the leg, going, oh, shit, I should have drafted him instead of McDavid. Um, but then he kind of came back to earth for the second half when he put up 
36 points in 31 games. Still phenomenal, still more than a point per game, still super productive and still deserving of the best right winger. He's proven that he can score a ton of goals, 39 last year, um, and he's steadily improved every single year. Now into his, and now he's 25. Um, I'm kind of expecting you know him. It's tough to improve on 100 points, but if anyone's capable of doing it in the right wing category, it's Nikita Kucherov. He's got Steven Stamkos around him. Absolutely lethal lineup out in Tampa. Um, I just I love this guy. He could uh, he could make a case for going first overall over McDavid just strictly because of the position status and how weak right wingers are um, and how good Kucherov is. Number two for me, um, I know that this guy takes a lot of hate, but um, he uh, he deserves some love today. It's uh, Patrick Laine for me. He's uh, he's the next Ovi in the league. He just he just has that elite level shot. We've always said you know he's going to regress because his shooting percentage is way too high. But all he did was just improve it one point more last year, which led to 44 goals and 26 assists. I absolutely see him getting close to 50 this year, especially if he can get above 250 shots. Um, absolutely great team surrounding him out in Winnipeg. We're going to talk about it throughout the podcast, throughout the year. Um, and I just see Line A kind of taking that next step. And for me, it's just the elite goal production. You don't get that from everyone, and you're not going to get it from a lot of right wingers. Number three, David Pasternak. He plays on what we would probably consider the dirtiest line in hockey yeah, as far as, um, well, maybe actually that includes um, suspensions as well with Brad Marchant. But um, but dirty as in they just score goals, 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 goals. And with 82 straight games this year, I think that Pasternak, Marchant, and Bergeron are going to be absolutely dominant. No reason why they shouldn't roll just like they did last year. Um, Pasternak's getting older, stronger, uh, more aware out there, more dangerous. He's had two straight 35-goal seasons. 40 goal season is just that's the next step for him. He had 246 shots a year ago. He's getting in the puck on net. Um, I absolutely believe that he can, um, you know, do what he did last year, if not better, and take that next step. Maybe we'll be talking about him pushing for the one or the two next year. Number four for me, um, pretty hard to leave this guy out of out of the top three. But Patrick Kane, he's uh, this is really low for him, um, at least as far as it seems in the last couple of years, we were talking about this guy as a number one pick a couple of years ago after he won his MVP. That was two years ago. He had 106 points. He's um, regressed, which is kind of ridiculous because his regression has still led to him having the most points in the NHL in the last three years with 271. That's more than McDavid, Crosby, Ovechkin, anyone you can name. So Patrick Kane's an elite source of points here. Um, that's not changing. It's just the guys around him are getting weaker and weaker. He's going to line up with, I believe, Nick Schmaltz, which is not the greatest winger um, but uh, one thing about Kane is he's not just an assist guy he's got 107 goals in, the, in that three-year span which is seventh in the league um, so he is producing pretty pretty high level assists especially for again a weak position something that could help a lot he's he's been phenomenal throughout his career extremely consistent no reason why you shouldn't trust him again I just don't like him as much because of the people around him as the top three and number five for me I got Phil the thrill um comfortable Phil he's finally you know he's 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 set in in Pittsburgh we've called him about to do this for gosh knows how long we wanted him to have a huge year and we expect it to happen last year he totally made that a thing with 92 points super quiet too people didn't realize even myself um, that Phil had such a huge year only eight off 100 that's massive for Phil and absolutely capable of doing it again nothing's really changing in Pittsburgh other than the fact that they're getting more and more again comfortable with each other out there which is hard to say after they've won a couple cups. Um, but they, they look great. Um, phenomenal power play. We know what Pittsburgh's capable of. No reason why Phil shouldn't provide the exact same, same type of results. Um, one thing that's crazy about Phil, in the last five years, he's 11th in the league in points, which is pretty wild. But for me, that kind of surprised me. He's 15th in the league in assists. So it shows that Phil really, you know, he's stepped up his game. He's not really that that pure goal scorer that we used to know from his Toronto days. He's uh, He's actually... Becoming someone who can uh, make you know make plays happen, and it helps with you know having Crosby, Malkin. I'm sure he has a lot of secondary assists, rebounds that are put home, etc. But you know if Phil can get 250 plus shots again this year, like he always kind of does or gets close to, and that power play continues to stay hot, there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to get back to 92 points. Um, the difference was he had 16 more power play points in the previous season last year, which is you know when you have 22 point difference between your two years, 16 power play points can help a lot. That's my top five. They're all pretty pretty great players for now. But as we're going to mention, um, they do get much weaker as we go. But um, what do you guys got there for your top five? I might as well go next because, Beebs, we have a pretty similar top uh, top five. Number one, I also have Kucherov. 
not much you can say about that. He it, he alone basically turned Steven Stamkos, an elite goal scorer, into an elite playmaker last year. Uh, That's great. He just kept putting the puck in the back of the net. Uh, number two, Patrick Laine. Um, I was calling him to be a bust last year because I didn't think that – I mean, not a bust, but he, he wasn't – I didn't think going to be a guy that could maintain that shit. Yeah, you were a hater for a, sure. And be a first, uh, well, first you don't round wanna, pick last year. Like, I, it's hard to bank on that after yeah. seeing it for one year. Well, now we, that we've seen it back-to-back years, I mean – I think it's yeah. I think it's pretty safe to say that he is a guy that can maintain a, a high shooting percentage like that, and uh, especially early on in his career. Yeah, we had a, a feeling early on that that might be the case, just watching him play and watching his shot. Um, but you never really want to bet on a guy, a it's rookie hard, who shoots eighteen. Exactly, and it's hard to bank on that. You know, in the next year yeah. with a first round pick, like like was happening last year. So now he's done it two years in a row, and like we say all the time, the, one way you can offset that is by just shooting the puck more. So even if that ever drops down to sixteen percent or fifteen percent. As he sees more minutes, as he gets more comfortable in the NHL, he could start firing the puck close to 300 times yeah. uh, in a season. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin-esque, and uh, and then just continue to score. Maybe get to 50 eventually. But uh, I got Line A comfortably at two. Number three, Pashanak as well. Uh, all the same reasons, Biebs. Uh I don't think we can talk enough or any more about, uh, about how good Boston this Boston won. one uh, <laughs> is. But uh, Pashanak's had two great years in a row. One of the do- most dominant lines in the league. Uh, for the 400th time on this podcast. So I got him in there at number three. Uh, number four is where it gets a little different for me. I got Blake Wheeler. Uh, used to be a fancy sleeper. Now he's just a lock for 80 points. Uh, great playmaker on a, on another one of the best lines in hockey uh, out in Winnipeg. Just a consistent point producer. Never misses time. Also chips in in multiple categories. So I like Blake Wheeler at four. Number five, uh, I said this a couple weeks ago, and I'm sticking to my guns. I got Vladimir Tarasenko over <laughs> Patrick Kane. I love what's nice. going on in nice. St. Louis uh, a lot more than what's going on in Chicago. Um, you're wild. But so Kane, like, you think Kane had a down year last year, right? Mm-hmm. So he had 76 points? Mm-hmm. That'd be Tarasenko's career. I know. We already talked about this. I'm you're, just you're, reminding you. And I'm just reminding you that... Tarasenko is going to score 40 this year with 40 apples, and he's going to have a better fantasy season than Patrick Kane. All right. Because well, I'd uh, rather touch on this later. I'd rather be Vladimir Tarasenko than playing with Nick Schmaltz uh, in Chicago. So uh, that's my top five. I will get to Patrick Kane a little bit more after we go six through ten, but that's because he's outside of my top five. So D, what is your top five? I got Kucherov at one. No way. Uh, pretty obvious. Not a whole lot to say about it. Um, I think he's, you know, the clear cut number two uh, on the the board across the board. I guess all positions. Yeah. Um, but number one, right yeah. wing for sure. Number two, I got the boy Patrick Kane. Oh uh, boy, getting no love from either of you guys. Uh, I just had to stick to my guns. Yeah, it's fine. I, I just think he's so consistent year to year. I gave him a tiny bit of love. Um, and he, you know, he might have a pretty large range in what his point range is, but it's like seventy to one hundred points. So that's a pretty, pretty nice. It's a good range to be in. Uh, his per, or shooting percentage was a bit low last year at 9.5%. Same with his on-ice at 8.1%. Um, so you'd expect a bit of a bounce back there. It Is that what like that scribble everything... on your page says? Yeah, that's what that says. <laughs> it seems like... Uh, hieroglyphics. It seems like everything that could have went wrong for the Blackhawks uh, last year you know, happened. They're obviously not the team they well, used just, to be. but the because col- they're shit. Yeah, well, they're not that yeah, bad, though, is not, what I'm saying. Not a good hockey team. Uh, like, Sod and Taves were unbelievable at even strength all year long and just could not buy goals, couldn't get anything going. Yeah, but that's Sod and Taves. I, They'll probably play together at some point this year, yeah, and then Kane will have to carry right, his own line. Because neither of those guys have ever had success at even strength before, right? No, but I'm saying they'll be together, and then Kane's going to have to carry his own line. Yeah, that's with, like, fine. Chris I was Kuvitz. just talking. Okay, anyway. So, um, <laughs> continue. Yeah, I, I honestly, like... I look at the the other guys behind him, and I, I just think they'd have to have career years to kind of hit on what is Kane's average. Um, so that's why I got Kane at two, and then I got David Pasternak I got third, like you guys. Um, and the only reason I have him over Line A is just because I really don't see Line A taking that next step forward um, yep. so long as he's on the second and third line in Winnipeg. Um, and you know him, Blake Wheeler, both kind of you know. Uh, religiously play the right side. So I don't think we'll see the two of them together anytime soon. Wheeler is going to stay on that top line. Um, So I think that kind of limits his potential shot total. And I doubt he can shoot much higher than the 18% he has. Um, And we've seen it with Stamkos. That's just a hard way to stay consistent year after year to shoot a 17% clip. Stamkos eventually had his down years. It didn't happen for a long time, but eventually it did. Uh, So I just feel less comfortable betting on that than Pasternak, especially when Pasternak's probably only to be five to ten goals maximum you know behind line obviously mm-hmm. ten goals is a big difference but 
I think Pasternak comfortably comes in at 35 goals this year and gets easily like 15 to 20 more assists than Line A does on that third line. Yep. Um, so that's why I have Pasternak ahead of him. And then at five, I got Blake Wheeler. Um, strictly because obviously we value goals more than assists. Otherwise, I, I agree with you. I think he's a lock for 80 points. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. To, it's crazy to think that right wing is so thin, but Winnipeg's got yeah and two you, guys in the top five. Yeah, and the thing I was gonna say about Wheeler is if he has a half decent uh, year, or I guess you know if he's fortunate at all with his shooting percentage, he could easily break 30 goals because he shoots around 250 times a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he just obviously doesn't have the best shot in the world, but he also looks off a lot of opportunities. Uh, that's why he had 68 assists last year. It's a lot of apples. Yeah, but I, I do think there's a potential for like a, a 30, you know, 50 season for sure. Yeah, he he's he's proven to be a capable goal scorer in the past. Like consistently, like the Wayne Simmons type. Like somehow just doesn't break 30, but yeah. he's always right there around it. Uh, we might as well stick with UD. Keep going six through ten. All right, I got Phil at oh. six, um, and then I got Tarasenko at seven. So. Um, it's kind of the same argument as what I had with Patrick Kane. Career-high 75 points for Tarasenko. Kessel hit 90 points last year. Obviously has more to play with in Pittsburgh than Tarasenko does in St. Louis, even with the addition of Ryan O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. Um, but Patrick Maroon, though. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just yeah, When I look at the two of them, and that was my problem when look, comparing Tarasenko, obviously I think Tarasenko's an amazing player. Uh, but I, I just think he has similar floors to the guys ranked above him, save for Kucherov. Uh, but just hasn't shown to have that higher ceiling um, where all the other guys above him I, I do, in my opinion. Kessel clearly does. He put up 92 points last year. So that's why I have him over Tarasenko. I got Voracek at eight. You know, I, I think Voracek is much more of a lock to repeat what he did last year than Couturier, Giroux, or any other, yep. other of those notable flyers. Uh, his just under, underlying numbers look a lot more solid. He's another guy like Wheeler. He still shoots a ton, even though he doesn't score a lot. So there's always potential there to maybe sneak up to a 25-30 goal season. Uh, but he's going to get close to 60 assists either way. Um, so I, I think he's a great spot to take at number eight there. I got Mitch Marner at number nine. Mitch Seems like a little Vorchek or Wheeler in the making. Um, he's had 69, 61 points in his first two seasons. Uh, he just seems set to take off this year. Talk about him a bit more later in the show because I actually took him as my breakout. Um and then I got Miko Rantanen at 10. Beebs is boy. Uh, 84 Woo. points in 81 games last year. I, 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 you know, I think there's an argument sure to be made for him over Marner. Um, but as for, like, the top 10, I think it's a pretty clear-cut top 10. Um, in my opinion, I, I, would, I guess the next tier would be Besser, Radulov, and Pavelski. And I don't think any I was of them say are... Besser's really the only one I yeah. can see. Yeah, I was going to say, save for Besser, I don't think any of them are particularly close to Rantanen as far as fantasy value goes this year. Uh, I just obviously you love what Rantanen has to play with over a guy like Besser. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Brock, why don't you go next? Since you just showed me who you have at number ten there. All right, well, number six, Patrick Kane. I have him below Vladimir Tarasenko again, just for the record. Uh, I don't know if you guys <laughs> know, but it. Vladimir Tarasenko had over three hundred shots last year and oh, shot yeah. a career worst ten point eight percent. That's why he only scored thirty three goals. And like you said, surrounding cast is getting better. So about Vladimir Tarasenko, you guys better. already said everything you need to say about Patrick Kane, so I won't touch on it. Phil the Thrill at number seven. Don't really have much more to add on Phil. Um, the great. only thing, like, it's, it's just crazy because like it seems like he, he bounces around that lineup so much. Yeah. And if he could ever just find himself just comfortably on one line, comfortable. What do you keep saying comfortable, comfortable with Phil? Comfortable Phil, man. <laughs> just let him be comfortable. But if he, like, hopefully he spends the whole year with Malkin. Like, I know he played yeah, a little bit with I don't Broussard. Think like, I don't think he does. No, he won't. Yeah. Like, he'll, he'll bounce around like he has. And I don't think that is the way. I, I think they just get so much deeper when you put him on the third line. Like, and, but you know what? And playing with D- Derek Broussard, yeah. you can do much worse. The only thing is... Yeah, and you can always move him to on Malkin's line, you know, in tight situations. Exactly. And that's games, kind of what they do. You know, down yeah, by super one. underrated third um, center. Derek yeah, but when you were talking about a 60-minute game, like having... You're pretty much playing 90% of the ice time against either Kessel, Crosby, or Malkin. That's just it's terrifying. heartbreaking. It's yeah. terrifying. It's crazy, though, because like, he bounced around like crazy last year, seemingly, and he still played 18-40 per game. Yeah. Like, it's not like his ice time didn't take a big hit. Yeah. He, well, look at the power play points, well, and, right? Yeah, and exactly. He's featured on that top power play unit. He's just gonna He's going to just keep racking up points year in and year out uh, so long as he's in Pittsburgh. Um, Jakob Voracek, number eight for me. He's just always been a favorite of mine uh, for whatever reason. Doesn't score a lot of goals, but boy, can he rack up. Because he's checked, dude. Yeah, because he's checked. It's so true. It's a go-to for me. Uh, But, like, he just racks up consistently 50 to 60 assists every year. You know, he's not the sexiest name on the board, but if you can take him, uh, you know, 
as your top right winger or, or second right winger, yeah, you can find goals elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, center is such great a deep end of position. the second round, pick, exactly. Early third, exactly. Yeah, early third round pick is where I like him. Um, and then number nine, I have Mitch Marner. Lots to like about Mitch. Uh, he's going to spend the whole year Lots. with Tavares, Love Mitch. most likely. Probably on the top power play unit there as well, which we found out today is going to include both Johnny T and Austin Matthews. Oh. So oh. that's going to be yeah. just lethal all so season long. I would say it seems that, that they're abandoning their approach that they had in you know the last few seasons where they kind of go with two balanced power play units that split the time. Um, and you know that would kind of suggest that you would have Marner on that top unit as well. Because I don't know why you would put Matthews and Tavares on one if you're still trying to balance the units. Obviously, that doesn't really add up. Well, yeah, no, it's definitely, they're not going to really try to balance it, I don't think. Like, Kadri, I think, obviously, is the one that's going to go down to the second uh, unit. Um, and then that, yeah. And then yeah. that leaves because... And he might not we, want Marner and Elander on the same unit either, but... Yeah, well, then that they weren't last year either. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm so saying. Kadri but if goes down, it's going to be different with them looking to Because basically, John Tavares now becomes the James Van Riemsdyk, you know, the net front guy. Uh, for them. Yeah, but that Matthews didn't play with that unit last No, that's year. what I mean. So, yeah. he be, so they're, they're obviously stacking the top unit. Mm. And now you've got John Tavares as your James Van Riemsdyke. And yeah. now you've added Austin I guess Matthews. Matthews is your Tyler Bozak. Yes. So suddenly <laughs> that top unit gets a lot better. Yeah. And Marner's going to reap the benefits by staying on that top unit. And then obviously playing uh, at even strength with John Tavares. Yeah. And number 10 for me, uh, I have Brock Besser ahead of Miko Rantanen. Because I know you guys both love Miko Rantanen a, uh, a ton. And I knew that if we didn't talk about Brock Besser at this point... He probably wasn't going to get brought up on the show whatsoever. But we mentioned him. You didn't yeah, exactly. That. So I like Brock Besser at number ten. Just a touch. But do you really, or is it just for the sake of mentioning him? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Uh, also, his first name is Brock, which is uh, an added bonus True. for a guy. Um, True. Brock loves people with similar names. But at the same time, this is a kid that had 29 goals and 26 assists last year, and he only played 62 games. I mean, he would have had similar numbers yeah. to Miko Rantanen last year had he played the full season. Uh-huh. We talked about. Um, Bo Horvat a ton last week, how these guys only saw 17 minutes a night last year. Mm-hmm. Now the Sedins are gone. They're probably going to see 19 minutes a night. I think that they're just going to dominate. I think that they, they need to dominate in, in, in order for Vancouver to be remotely good. I think that Besser has an easy uh, easy chance at 35 goals this year. Yeah. Uh, and probably 35, 40 assists. So, right. Well, we were just yeah. talking about with Line A how it can be dangerous to invest in a guy who shot high in his rookie season. Um, but like Line, a, if you watch Besser, the guy's got one of the heaviest shots in the league and one yeah. of the quickest shots in the league. Um, so there's no reason to think he can't maintain a high shooting percentage. Maybe not as high as the 16% he shot last year. Um, but, I, you know, I talk about it a lot. Guys coming into the league, their shot rates just tend to go up and up. 179 in 62 games. Uh, it's a pretty good rate already. Uh, so And then, like Brock said, you got to assume he's going to see more playing time. Yeah, like I think, he comfortably, I think he comfortably shoots... 250 times next year if he plays a full season yeah. yeah and even if that drops down to around 13 percent, you're still talking about a guy who's going to score 30 to 35 goals comfortably yeah you know and yeah. and then so i just wanted to bring him up because i don't think anybody like we all realized how good he was but he had a ridiculously good year and missed a lot oh, yeah. of time yeah i just think the, like and the, i knew both of you guys was going to talk about me and yeah. like crazy so i just think when i think about this like i, I kind of still imagine him maxing out at about 30 assists um where like as Ranson in, I I kind of like fully expect him to be a seventy point guy again this year, and I think he's capable of doing the the point per game uh, pace again, and he's not gonna be that far off his goal total either. Yeah, as good as Besser is. Yeah, like Ranton's assists are obviously gonna take a hit because we don't expect McKinnon to be right as crazy as he was. But I still expect McKinnon to be pretty crazy. Yeah, Go oh for sure, no, for sure. I just think that Go be wild. I, I'm gonna say this that I think Besser finishes the year with more goals. Yeah, and then um, yeah. And then yeah. Rantanen has more assists and more points. That's what it boils yeah. down to. But they're not going to be too far separated. And look, we're talking about the guy I have ranked 10 and the guy I have ranked 11. There's not much of a difference. And like I said, the one reason I have him basically ranked ahead of him was just so we could get some Brock Besser talk in the show. But yeah. Beebs, So I guess it's a clear top 11. It is a clear say. top 11, yes. Uh, but yeah. Beebs, you, we've been, uh you opened the show for us. You've been sitting on your 6 through 10 for a minute now. So why don't you go 6 through 10 for us? Absolutely marinating my six through ten here, but um, I got Blake Wheeler at six on the Jets. Um, yeah, for me, you know, he, he's just he's one of those guys who's been doing it year after year. Um, you guys, you guys got into it. Um, the reason why I have him at six again is just 
the the ice time. I mean, he's going to get it, but you also got Line A fighting out there. You got Ehlers. You got some absolute studs on that team. Um, so six for Wheeler. Seven is Vlad Tarasenko. Um, just so ridiculously steady. Um, I love it. And uh, Brock, I actually didn't realize he had that many shots last year. I don't know how I didn't catch that while I was looking at his stats, but um, I actually would probably put him at six above Wheeler just because that bodes well for a huge year if he can, you know, kind of bring it to his average. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Number eight, um, which I actually have pretty high, is Mitch Marner. So one spot higher than both of you guys. And I was actually surprised to hear that. Um, for me, he just had a terrible start to last year. You know, seven goals. Th- 34 points in 51 games before the all-star break he shot six percent um that's not mitch marner mitch marner was more the second half guy who had 15 goals 35 points in 31 games which was only a point off what kucherov did in the second half um i believe you know he can put that together for 82 and if he does that pushes him just a little bit above uh yakov voracek for me we talked about it he's an assist machine um brock loves him so i gotta i gotta support the cause put him at nine (laughs) which is actually pretty far back and then at ten, um, I actually I had I had a split between Besser and Rantanen um, wow. because I actually wrote something up about Besser before because and then I realized that Rantanen was right winger and then you know so I just kind of had to keep it. But I, <laughs> how did um, you realize of all people that he was a right winger right now when you watch like eighty two games a year? The Avalanche are even tweeting know. at you and everything. Like <laughs> I honestly think it's one of those like you know when it's just so right in, right in your face that you miss it kind of thing. <laughs> well, to be so, fair, he, he does randomly have both uh, position eligibilities in Yahoo, <laughs> even though he literally played 82 games on right wing last yeah. year. Yeah, <laughs> like Landis Cog has been his left winger permanently since the minute he yeah, got yeah forever. Landis Cog has never touched the opposite boards in his career. I'm pretty sure that Wikipedia might have written in as a center, too. Not saying that you should ever listen to Wikipedia, but just hilarious that he's just ripping, like, three (laughs) different positions on different platforms. But uh, we'll go go Randon at 10, so I think you should take him above Besser. Um, I I think he's going to do exactly what he did last year. Um, I have full faith that this is going to happen again, Um, but that's just me being, you know, I can't say that. Yeah, that is kind of, like, the thing we don't really consider when we talk about the Avs first line and McKinnon is that McKinnon, like, probably had – his career year or what will end up being close to his career year, but Randon's still at the point where he's just getting better. Mm-hmm. So I like that could just like kind of mitigate any regression. I don't even McKinnon's know if McKinnon's right? like fully, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't know if McKinnon's even like full form. Well, McKinnon I think yet. we saw like, yeah, I would Pretty be close, surprised though. at this point if he yeah. broke there's, out more. There's not really much room to improve either. Yeah. If he gets any better, he's going to be Connor yeah. McDavid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's actually true. Exactly. Which I mean, He's the only guy there. faster than him, right? Mcmcdavid only guy faster than McKinnon. Or Dylan Larkin. Dylan Larkin, Larkin fastest player. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan, just Dylan Larkin, the fastest guy ever. So, but, yeah. anyways, yeah. that was the first half of the Daily Faceoff podcast. Uh, when we get back from the break, after you guys listen to the Blue Stones for sixty seconds, we're going to talk about sleepers, breakouts, bus, and on the way over here, the Blue Stones came on the radio, and I was nice. fired up. Nice. Yeah. It's because of the Daily Faceoff podcast. So much yeah, but It's also because they're probably from the area. But. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but either way, enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you guys back here in six seconds. Daily Faceoff Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan, and we are about to get into the juice Brock of this Segan. episode. Um, the good stuff. I guess, D, we can start with you. Sure. Uh, we're going to talk sleepers, and if you guys haven't seen already, uh, Dylan and I released our sleepers article and our bus article on Daily Faceoff in the last couple days. Mm-hmm. Uh, not position specific, but... Sleepers and busts, nonetheless. Um, and get a lot of love on Twitter. No one's really argued with any of our picks so far, which yeah, is that's good. good. That's positive. That's good. Um, but it's still a little bit early. But, you know, I keep saying it's early and, like, drafts aren't happening, like, whenever we look at ADPs. But 
Like I've been getting yeah. texts. I've been getting texts like crazy. Like, Yo, Brock, when's our draft? Brock, when's our draft? Yeah, when's yeah, Brock, yeah. When's... So like it's coming up. And then like I literally I scheduled my one draft. I think this weekend's gonna be big for it. Yeah, for sure. Because like you can just tell just on the page views alone, like on daily faceoff, like people are really starting to ramp up. Yeah. Um, but the like Carlson yeah, trade helped. Yeah, for sure. But like I. Uh, yeah. I scheduled my one draft for September 30th, and I was, like, thinking, like, oh, my God, I got so much time. And then I looked today. I'm like, shit, that's, like, that's only 10 days away. Like, season's right on top of us already. So yeah. um, we're definitely going to have to hustle, though, here through. We got to get uh, the right wing done. We got to get uh, D done. We got to get goalies done. We got dra- we got a lot of pods to do here still in the next yeah. couple of weeks. So uh, without waiting any longer, I guess we should get through this one first. And, D, I'll start <laughs> with you. Sleepers, what do you got? Okay. I'm going right in with Brendan Gallagher. Um this one's pretty simple, really. Someone's got to score for the shitty Canadians in 2018-19. Uh, Gallagher's 278 shots last year suggests he's the guy to do it. He'll almost certainly spend the entire season uh, on the Canadians' top line. Those 278 shots last year came despite an average time on ice of just 16 minutes and 9 seconds. Uh, so Gallagher could easily push 300 shots in a larger role, which he should get this year. There's really no one to compete with him for ice time on the right side. There's like not a single shooter on that team other yeah. than him. No, no. yeah. Like, I was already feeling pretty good about that. this uh, before the patch ready trade, and then that just opens up so many more opportunities for him. Uh, there's that, like I said, no one to compete with him. Uh, I think there's way worse guys to skate with than Jonathan Drouin as your center. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a pass first guy with a lot of skill. Uh, I, I really believe 300 shots would make Gallagher a lock for another 30 goal season. And it's just great value for a guy going in the 14th round of standard leagues right now. He's not going to get a ton of assists, um, but if he has a, you know, if he's fortunate at all with his shooting percentage, he could easily push 35 goals and 60 points. In the daily faceoff mock draft, I got him 16th overall or 16th round. Sorry, not 16th overall. That'd yeah. be not good value. Yeah. Uh, 16th round, and I was ecstatic. Like I was pretty weak at right wing. Yeah, so it's such a thin position, yeah, well, but to get him there, like yeah. it's like, like he's like my fourth right winger, and he could very easily score 30 goals. I've always liked Gallagher. He's he's so solid. He shoots yeah. like he shoots like crazy. Yeah. And you're right. Like he's never played more than 16, 30 in a, in a single season, mm-hmm. and he could see 19 minutes tonight. Like there's no but there's no depth out there. Yeah. And you know I maybe it doesn't happen this year, but I, I feel like you know he's going to get traded in one of the next few seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, just the nature of how it's been going for the Canadians. I think if he plays on like a really good team, he's going to be. Yeah, like, and that's what. I, I, and what, basically what I was getting at is if it, they are looking to do that this year, I'm not saying there's been any indication that they are, um, but if they are, like, they're going to want to maximize his value and they're going to end up playing him as much, you know, as they can and really as much as he warrants at this point. Like, this guy has proven to be capable of that sort of role, especially yeah. on a team like the Canadians. For sure. Beebs, what about you? Who's your sleeper? My sleeper is um, someone who's going to get super slept on at the draft this year, Jordan Eberle. Um, there's a lot of hate going on with Jordan Everly right now, strictly because John Tavares left town, but um, that doesn't mean that Matt Barzell isn't still chilling there with his 85 points from a season ago. Hmm. Um, he'll be looking to build off of that, and Barzell needs wingers, strictly um, scoring wingers, and that's uh, that's where Jordan Everly comes in to play. As I mentioned, a lot of people will be letting him go in their drafts, um, and Everly's kind of been consistently pretty good over the last couple of years. He had a comeback season um, last season, which saw him put up 59 points. That's uh, that's good for the bottom of my roster, but I expect him to kind of build off that. Um, he's posted 20-plus goal seasons in uh, five times in his career, and four of those have been above 25. Um, so he has proven that he can put the puck in the net. Um, he's I kind of expect 70 as a best-case scenario for him, but if you're getting this guy late in the draft, he's going to be someone who's going to play on the first power play, which should still be effective with Barzell. Anders Lee, who's a 40-goal scorer, people forget. Um, Nick Letty, who's an absolute Letty, yeah. stud on, on the power play. Um, I don't know. Can't really, hold his own at even so, strength, but, but yeah, don't play. Don't look for – yeah, Nick Letty, just the craziest plus-minus you'll ever see in your life. Um <laughs> But yeah, I like Everly a lot. I think you're going to be able to get him late, and I think that he could be a good, uh, good, good source of goals and power play points in general. Um, just, just making the most of the opportunity that he has, and just the people who are with him. So that's why I like him sleeping there. Brock, yeah, who get, who, you guys who are got? making me feel really good about my DFO mock draft right now because I got Everly as my number three right winger, but <laughs> nice. right ahead of uh, Gallagher. Yeah. So that makes me feel good. I wish I would have got my sleeper, who's Mark Stone. Uh, Stone was well on his way to a career year in 2018, but ended up missing 24 games with an injury. Um, Stone had over a point per game, 
20 goals, 42 assists, so 62 points in 58 games. I don't know if you know, if any of you guys are good at math, but that's a 28-goal, 59-assist, 87-point-per-82-game pace. Just absurd. Wow. Um, but, like, who knew that would even happen? Yeah. Plus, like, they were dog shit last year, too. Uh, Stone <laughs> is literally the best player left in Ottawa. Uh, he will play absolutely monstrous minutes on the top of, at the top of their lineup. Should play with a talented Matt Duchesne. Yeah. Uh, and like right now, his ADP is the 14th round. I mean, it, <laughs> that's just unfathomable for a guy who literally was over a point per game. Yeah. Uh, quietly, I think he's just outside of or inside of the top 25, if I'm not mistaken, um, in points per game uh, during the last four years. So this is a guy, he's not going to score a ton of goals. Super quietly. But, but I mean, even last year, missing 24 games, he still scored 20 goals. So he's a guy that can score 25 and put up 40-plus, maybe 50 assists. Uh, if you know He had a pretty high on-ice shooting percentage last year, so I don't expect him to get around 59, 60 assists like he was on pace for last yeah. year, especially on a bad team. But he is a guy that can go 25 and 40 and yeah. in, the, in the 14th round. Yeah, well, good players can maintain slightly above average on-ice shooting percentage, and he certainly has in his career. He's been right around 10, 9, 9 every year. Mm-hmm. But you're right, I think last year was like 11.5%. Yeah, and like I think he, you know, he was playing Which with obviously guys. led to the uptick in assists. Yes, for sure. So, I, I mean, 14th round, he could see a drop in every single category, and he's still a steal, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, but breakouts crazy. Uh, for you, D, what do you think right now? Uh, so actually, before you before you go here, I just want to let everybody know, uh, in terms of ADP, we're not using any one specific site. We're actually going off of Fantasy Pros, which uses uh, ESPN, um, Yahoo, and CBS's um, ADPs, puts them all together into one number. So uh, whenever you hear us talking about ADP, that's average draft position, where they are being picked at on average uh, in all the drafts on Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS, which... When I went on Fantasy Pros today, I, I didn't even know that CBS ran Fantasy Hockey Leagues. <laughs> yeah, if we think that ESPN's uh, rankings are bad, I can't even... I don't even want to look oh, at CBS. Yeah, we should just Has do CBS a mock draft. ever broadcast that. at a hockey game? Yeah, we should do... Yeah, I don't think so. We should just do a mock draft, but on CBS. Like We should do a CBS League this year, just <laughs> yeah, to see exactly. what it's Just like. to have the free agent pool so we can look at it there and see what they got. <laughs> Phenomenal. But, uh, D, who's your breakout uh, right winger this year? All right, it's Mitch Marner. I know we talked about him... A decent amount already on the podcast. Yeah, Jesus, come on. So I'm sorry. Over. Um, but I, I just think if we're talking about guys who are due Give for a breakout year, uh, there's no one more obvious to talk about at the right wing position than Mitch Marner. Uh, had 61 to 69 points his first two seasons. Seems like a lock for his first 70-point year in 2018-19. Um, and like I said earlier, could easily push for a point per game pace, skating next to John Tavares. But that means John um, Tavares has to get a point per game. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, no, he doesn't. Also Not really. possible. <laughs> Very possible. Very uh, but, possible. you know, if you guys haven't heard, Mike Babcock all along has said he plans to play Martin on the second line with Tavares and Zach Hyman. Um, and that's exactly how they lined up in their first preseason game earlier this week. Not sure if Hyman stays on that line, but it seems at least the duo of Tavares and Marner uh, is here to stay. Uh, we've been talking about the least power play a lot. It's definitely come... Uh, more clear, looking like they want to stack Turner. that top unit. So it seems like he'll be on there with Matthews and Tavares, which is, you know, that alone could lead to a huge um, uptick in production. Uh, Marner's still just 21 years old. Just so good. I know, man. His projection is still trending up, has been trending up. Uh, and I think, Brock, we would have had him projected to break 70 points for the first time this year before the Tavares signing. Obviously, that just amplifies that. Um, 69 points bigger. last year, like I said earlier, despite average time, time on ice, just 60 minutes, 23 seconds. Just so much upside here. The one knock from a fantasy perspective, he doesn't score a lot of goals, 19 and 22 in his first two seasons. Uh, but a shot total did climb to 194 last year. Should be able to get up over 200, especially if he gets some more ice time, which would give him a really good look at 25 goals. Um, and at that point, we could be looking at you know a 25 goal, maybe 50, 55, upwards of 60 assist season. Um, so yeah, I just like Marner a lot. I think he could easily, you know, put up the same type of numbers that Voracek and Wheeler have over the last few seasons. Sixty apples. Yeah, it's like I'm not saying it's easily. likely, but if no, I'm just asking. Break think, the light way. Is he going to do it this year? Uh, I wouldn't say this. I, he's got to break fifty first, right? Like baby steps, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it could happen. Like the just guy, taking monster lead. I, I think the Leafs management, you know, would be smart to sign this guy as soon as possible. I know, obviously, William Nylander still without a contract. Yeah. Um, but you know, what a bust he's going to be when he just sits. I, yeah, out like I just think Bell. Marner's value is just going to just amplify this season. Yeah. Skating next to Tavares. Phenomenal. Um, 
but you know, and that the same kind of uh, that same breath. I, I obviously I don't think Marner would be smart to sign an extension just yet. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, if I was so. Marner, I'd be like, you know, wait for me to have a full year with uh, with Johnny T. Yeah, and we'll see, see what happens. I, production's not going to get worse. Sorry, Shane. You know. He'll just be on the. He'll find himself on the fourth line again, just because they don't want to pay him that much. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> uh, who's your breakout, Beeps? Um, someone who kind of broke out a little bit last year, but truly going to break out this year. Travis Konechny out in um, out in Philadelphia. This guy is awfully close to being Windsor Alert, but he's a Chatham Alert, so I still like him, which is close to Windsor. Um, Konechny is uh, he's slated to start on the top line, I believe, with Sean Couturier and uh, Claude Giroux this year. Um, kind of a trio that we saw just absolutely flourish late in the season last year. Um, and Konechny was was um, not he wasn't just tagging along for the ride he was kind of a part of it making making the most of it um we saw um philly show that they're willing to ride their top six extremely hard um and if he's if he makes it in that top six that bodes extremely well for his um for his fantasy value overall he's a guy who dominated junior um so i could i mean that doesn't always translate over but it does bode well for a guy who's only 21 years old this year um He's uh he only played 15 minutes last year a, g- a game and still ended up with 47 points and 24 goals. So, uh, if you can get him a little bit more ice time, give him about 17 minutes, give him some power play time too. Even um, he could be a very nice bottom of the roster piece who's playing going to be playing on a line with potential 100 goals or 100 point wow 100 goals potential 100 go- uh, points uh, score again in Claude Giroux. So yeah. I just really like him um, as a late. You know, guy who can uh, guy who could take it to the next step, um, first round pick. So there's a lot to expect about this guy. He went first overall in the OHL draft eight years ago. Um, there's just he just always had a lot with him, a lot of expectations, and I kind of expect him to keep breaking out. Um, he's always done that. Yeah. yeah, and like he's gonna spend all of this year with Katrina and Drew, who I know we've punched holes in in her uh, fantasy value a little bit this year, or at least draft stock, I guess we should say. Yeah. Uh, yeah coming in this year but those are two just studs and if he spends a whole year on that wing look out I mean the only thing I would say that's working against Konechny is just obviously an abundance of right wing depth on that team when you look at Voracek and Simmons yeah I think he could easily find himself on the third line if, if he doesn't get off to a hot start but if he spends a lot of time on that top line he's yeah. Just bound to build off yeah. of what he did. Simmons last could year. easily move up to that top line, uh, but they love connecting. Yeah, well, he played there ahead of Simmons year. all last year. Right, so. but that was when yeah. there was a spot for Simmons on the second line, right? Uh-huh. And no, he, he the JVR yeah. signing kind of clouds that a little bit. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. It's actually been, you know, one of. The, I just feel like I, I'm always looking forward, like looking at the acquisitions and stuff. Like, oh, how are these guys going to yeah. line up? You know what I mean? What are, What are my stacks? What am I playing here? So it was looking. Uh, there's actually. It was weird. Like there was the other day, they were like their all their lines right now. It's still early in camp, but like yeah. they're they were a mess. And there was a little bit of talk actually about it potentially being uh, Voracek on that top line, and then <laughs> uh, Van Riemsdyk, Patrick, and Konechny, or Van Riemsdyk, Patrick, yeah. Simmons. And I Konechny, look at that like who's going to score well, goals on that top line? Exactly, it makes no sense whatsoever. No. So just going to pass the yeah. shit out of the puck. And yeah, Voracek Vor- Vor- and Drew have overpass. not played together a whole lot. No. Um, Together. They're gonna pass until a pass hits a D man and just deflects yeah. in, or that one of them goes away <laughs> but I don't and just think, goes in the net. <laughs> I don't think there's a whole lot of reason to what Dave Haxel does. I think he just kind of no. There's no rhyme or reason to it whatsoever. He, just, yeah. he doesn't even know. He's like, ah, put him in a hat. Put, so we had a dream last out. night. <laughs> yeah, watch the Bruins footage. We got to get our three best guys on a line together. Yeah, even if none of them <laughs> know how to score. Uh, but my breakout this year, you went homer with it. I'm going homer with it. Let's go. Uh, but yeah. they both make sense in my opinion. I'm going Anthony Mantha. Uh, He's coming off a solid year last year, 24 goals, 24 assists in his second solid. NHL year. Uh, through his first 150 NHL games, he has a 53 uh, Corsi 4 and a plus 5.3 relative Corsi. Uh, I mean, like, that's awesome and all, but the Red Wings kind of suck, so uh, it's not <laughs> like, that impressive. Like, it'd be crazy if he did that on, like, the Hurricanes or something, but... It makes sense that he's plus 5 with a 53. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can't forget <laughs> that he was uh, he's a player at back-to-back 50-goal years in the QMJHL, had 158 points between 81 regular season and playoff uh, games in his final year in junior. Let me repeat that. 158 <laughs> points in 81 games in a single season. 
that is so ridiculous. ridiculous. How uh, many the Connor Brown numbers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Red Wings, uh, he had like 58 and 14, I think. So whatever, like 70 something. Yeah. Um, the Red Wings, <laughs> the Red Wings are in a clear rebuild. Amantha could play upwards of you know 18, 19, 20 minutes a night. Uh, that won't happen because Jeff Blaschel's a donkey, but uh, <laughs> he will play on a line with Dylan Larkin at least to start the year. And Manta averages five more scoring chances per 60 minutes when he's playing with Larkin. Um, so right now, ADP of the 15th round, I think is well worth it for a guy who's a potential 30-30 winger. Again, we're talking yeah. about one of the, the thinnest positions in the league, and... 30-30 guy in the 50th round is just unheard of. Uh, I mean, like, he's right up there with, like, the uh, with the Gallagher's. Like, a yeah. guy that can score 30 for sure this year. Yeah. And a guy that's literally played uncontested minutes on a shitty team with decent enough line mates. I mean, I'd rather play with Larkin than Domi. Yeah. I really think now's the year you see what you got in Larkin and Mantha. Just yeah. How I mean, Larkin was phenomenal are. last year. Yeah, but... he was. But, I, like, it's still like, is this guy, is he a top-line center or is he a second-line center on a really good team? Yeah. You know I mean? Well, I mean, we're going to have Jack the... Hughes next year, so yeah. it's not even going to matter. A, well, you know, the Colorado Avalanche via the Ottawa Centers are going to give you a run. Yeah, yeah it's true. I heard yep. a run there, I think. But, but uh, yeah. D, let's, let's go back to you. I finished last in the division. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, oh, no, uh, who's your bust? I almost gave away my bust, but... Pasternak? No. Patrick. Oh, yeah, 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 Let yeah. me save oh. it for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're bust, Oof. D. I got worried, too. Uh, we already were talking about him earlier. I just wanted to segue right <laughs> into it, but you still had to talk about uh, your breakout. So I was polite and kept my mouth shut. But Wayne Simmons, um, you know, Simmons... For the last four or five seasons, has been one of the more reliable goal scorers in the league. But his ice time is bound to suffer this season, you know, at the hands of the newly acquired JBR. Given what the Flyers lines look like, like at the end of last season, we already talked about it. Uh, you know, connect me. You got to assume we'll open up the 2018-19 season on that first line. JBR and Jakub Voracek account for the second line wing spots on either side of Nolan Patrick, uh, which inevitably leaves Simmons to fall down to the third line. Uh, which there's not a whole lot to play with on that Philadelphia Jordan team. Jordan Wheel. Yeah, Michael Raffle. Great puns. Raffle's terrible. Great puns and draft That's so bad, man. He's the worst hockey player in the league. Dude, I played him one time last year, and he had like three points. He was my It was punch. against the Red Wings, probably. Yeah, he scored a awesome. hat-trick like, against awesome. us last year. It was awesome. Jeez. Won me a lot of money. Um, so I got a soft spot for Michael Raffle. Full disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> but really, obviously, not the same type of player as a Sean Couturier or... Even a Nolan Patrick, if you want to look at it like that. Uh, there's still some upside here. Goals are hard to come by. But there's just far too much uncertainty for my liking, you know, for where he's going. Uh, I think he was going around the early 100s, 110 maybe, uh, was his ADP right now. His production was already trending down last season. A loss of almost 50 shots from the year before, despite playing over 18 minutes a night. Uh, obviously not expecting him to get that kind of ice time this year, like we said, so... One I would definitely avoid unless he starts falling down the draft board in your leagues. I think that there's a strong potential. It depends. Because <laughs> he carries a lot of name value. Like, a lot of people like away in Simmons. But a lot of people also look at last year like it's everything. You know what I mean? Like, it's what have you done for me lately? Yeah. So there's a, there's a good chance, like... His ADP is right around 100 because you're either going to get him at 80, <laughs> someone's going to reach for him at right. 80, or someone's gonna, he's going to drop to you at 120, 125. And then at that point, he starts to have you know decent enough value because he still has all that power play production. I mean, it always depends where you're at, and right wing is a very thin exactly. possession. Um, so I could see maybe a justification for it when you get to the 11th or 12th round, uh, but I would still be hesitant. Again, as long as the one you know, thing too, I'm though, trying to, to fill up my roster, I'd be hesitant to make a pick until the 13th, 14th round. The one thing that is also probably inflating his ADP is that, that all these sites are flipping over to hits leagues, or including hits. Yeah, and he is a great source of them. Oh man, I thought for sure they were going to go to shots if they dropped pins, but and yeah, then they just go to like an equally worthless. Yeah, stash just way hits. worse. Just like I don't understand. No, it doesn't make sense. Who, it's who made I that choice. We just need to start fantasy leagues on daily How good would shots, have... shots would be amazing. 
We'd be the number one listened to podcast in all of Canada if shots was a thing. Because that's all we talk about on this podcast. It should be called the Shots Podcast because that's our favorite thing to talk about. But and uh, our theme that song matters, could just dude. be that's, shot, why, shot, that's why you shot, had the best shot. goal forecasting oh my God, of any other predictors last ex- year. Right? Exactly, yeah, because it's all you should care about. Did you see that stat, Everybody. that award block piece? He had the best, like uh, the best, uh, I guess, Project- standard deviation of his goal projections last year. Of any, and it's literally uh, just because all we look at is shots and shooting percentage. Yeah. It's yeah. all you need to do. Yeah. Super easy. Don't look at for But, hey, number one in the league, and I was the only person in all in the, the forecasters <laughs> to project exactly how many points Connor McDavid was going to have. So, if that doesn't carry water, I don't know what does. But, uh, I <laughs> you know this is Connor. Yeah, I know it's Connor. Uh, but, Beebs, who's your bus? Well, you know you're Connor. I know my Jan. Jan Gordy. Um, I don't know my Jan at all. I'm just kidding. But, Jan Gordy's my bus. Um, there wasn't that many, like, obvious bus for me from the right wing department this year. But um, I, I had to put him there strictly because of where ESPN had him ranked the other day when we were doing our little mock draft. I didn't go back and check, but I do remember it being, I believe, 85th, which is just ridiculous. 85th among all players. That includes goalies. Um, and this is Jan Gordy, a guy <laughs> who did put up – yeah, he put up uh, 25 goals, 39-6 for 64 points last year, which is actually very good. Yeah. Um, I would love to have that on my roster, but I just don't expect it to happen again um, this season. He is playing in the top six in Tampa at the moment. Um, but yeah, Tyler he actually Johnson bumped down. Line, right, yeah, he's right wing. Yeah, it's like a thing that's happening right now in camp. Johnson okay, he's line. about to get bumped. Which, okay, like that happened lot. at the end of yeah. last season, too. Yeah, but it looks like that's yeah. how they're going to start the years. Yeah. Um, and Perfect. it's like, it's, that's gonna, greasy, man. That team is so deep. going to bust on that third line, I'll tell you that. That's that. Uh, for yeah, for that the record, his, uh, his ADP right now is 100 right on the money for Yanni Gordon. Hmm. So, like, and that's, uh, uh, I want that's him going 87. That's 87th overall we had on him, ESPN. We had him ranked at like 213. Yeah, dude, we have him like 216. Like, last year was such an anomaly, but keep going, Beebs. Yeah, and, like, the most obvious uh, – I don't even know why I didn't mention this to start, but the most obvious underlying thing that shows that last year was probably a little bit of an out of out of his, you know, capability um, year is he had only 136 shots last year and 25 goals. So that translates to an 18% shooting percentage. And, and he is not talk Patrick about a guy Line. Like, yeah, he's not Patrick Line. He's not Brock Besser. He's not Steven Stamkos. He's Jan freaking Gord. <laughs> no. Not the same thing. Um, he, uh, just one overall, he's not, not like going to crack other. PP1. What's that, sorry? I said one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Yawn, get out of here. But yeah, so 136 shots is not that many. He played all 82 games. That's less than two shots a game. I want my guys shooting the puck at least three to four times a game. That is honestly right? the new theme song. I'm going to have to call, was that LMFAO? I'm going to have to call them and <laughs> yes. see if they still allow Yeah, No, yeah, Beavs, I, 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 I totally up. agree. Like, I think 136 shots usually isn't even fantasy relevant for a winger. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but ridiculous. obviously he shot 18%, and he's not like a Besser or a Lion A where you watch him play and your jaw just drops when you see him shoot the puck. <laughs> um, so I, I'm really expecting some hard regression for this guy. I'm right with you, Beavs. He had the 11.8 on ice shooting percentage last year, too. That drew up the assist total. Um, and, like, this, you know, you look at guys like this where there's obviously some skill there, and you always think an uptick in usage or minutes might mitigate the dip in the shooting percentage. Uh, but we just talked about how he's expected to start on the third line. Um, <laughs> and it's funny, we were just looking Second at it, Biebs. He's actually going ahead of Sean Monahan and James Van, Van Riemsdyk. So dumb. Right now. Jeff so Skinner. Dumb. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Mike Hoffman. I, I honestly think Gord would be lucky to break 55 points this season, I let agree. alone get back or improve on the 64 he did last year. So the reason we have him ranked inside the 200. Man, I could not believe. I would never draft him, like, rankings. ever. Never. Not even if it was the biggest bust league, I'd still yeah. be like, Just I still think everyone's caught on to yeah. what we've been saying for five years. You go and see something like that, eh? And it's yeah. like, oh, no. People uh, are still susceptible. No. No one's We listening. can still clean up in standard leagues. Yeah, this is perfect. Yeah. But uh, you have anything else to add on Yanni, Biebs? No, I'm, I'm, I'm all yawned out, boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, my bust is Patrick Hornquist. His ADP right now is 88. Uh, what? I, I don't know what? how. I don't know how. But he's ranked highly on... All those websites. Plays on Actually, I should say all because I've be never good. looked at CBS. Um, <laughs> but Hornquist is a solid. In the top 50 for yeah, sure. first overall. <laughs> Hornquist is a solid power forward, and he's obviously in a great situation in Pittsburgh. Uh, last year, though, he played over 80% of his five on five ice time with either Sidney Crosby or Evgeny Malkin. That 
is the uh, the great situation. Yeah. Yet yep. he had just yep. 14 goals and 13 assists at even strength. So not the best production. Uh, Hornquist, though, has consistently done damage on the power play, ranking 10th in the NHL in power play goals with 40 over the last four years. It's where he does most of his damage. Uh, Crosby and Malkin love throwing it off his ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But when you look at it, he's he's in the same situation this year that he's been in for all those four years in Pittsburgh. He's always been there with Crosby, and he's always been there with Malkin. He's just older and worse and slower. And over that time, uh, he's... Averaged, I think, 24 goals and 25 assists. So not even 50 points in four yeah. years while playing with yeah. McDavid or McDavid, Crosby, and Malkin. I know it's really a shame because so he's so reliable. I would just love to have it at the bottom of exactly. my lineup. Exactly, but like, it's like you right now you got to draft him as your number two. Right I don't understand. Where is the upside here? There's not. Not there. There's just nothing. Yeah, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Like, yes, he is a consistent source of 20 plus goals and 20 plus assists. A solid 20, 20 25, 25 like guy. But, like, there's no, like, massive upside here. Like, yeah. 88th overall is just ridiculous. Yeah. It's just I, way too – that's a 7th or 8th round. I know. And there's no reason <laughs> to think he would fall down the Pens lineup. But if he ever did, like, we're looking at a 40-point year from this guy at oh. best. It'd yeah, be, like, it's – if that. Yeah. Like, there's just no way that I could ever justify taking this guy. Like, in comparison, like – well, we took goalies in the 7th or 8th round in the mock draft. But, I mean, like even like an, uh, an Ilya Kovalchuk went in the 7th round of our yeah. mock draft. A Clayton Keller went in the 8th. Jeff Skinner. Like, all of these guys are have significantly higher upside yeah. than Patrick Hornquist. So, 88, far too high for my liking. Uh, but let's go with rookies now to wrap up the show. And we will start with you, Beavs, because you have the obvious, uh, the pick of all the right-wing rookies. We envy you. Uh, I, I, I this one was so hard, guys. No, I have uh, I got the I got the lucky pick of Andrea Svechnikov. Um, he had 40 goals in 44 games in his first season in North America last year, playing in the OHL, um, which bodes well. Nice or er, bodes or er, shows that he's you know he adapted the game quick. He's um, he w- obviously went first overall in the draft this year. Was the kind of far and away best talent. Or he didn't go first overall. What am I saying? Uh, Darlene went first overall. Second. Sorry, boys. It's all yeah, good. So, um, first, first uh, forward off the board. Same, <laughs> Might as well. We, could cut, we could cut that out. But yeah, no, he was the obvious. Uh, he was the obvious consensus forward, uh, top forward, and uh, to the point where people even were talking at points of him pushing Darlene. But I mean, that's people who were also talking about Eichel pushing McDavid. Come on, and guys. I think no, no um, one who's ever caught a glimpse yeah. of the Sabres blue line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and like people got to just stop taking credit away from the people who are the obvious number ones like they're gonna go at one stop trying to make the two that but regardless um i do like what he has in carolina he's got some nice young pieces around him we've talked carolina up a lot on the podcast it's for good reason um they have a phenomenal blue line this year which only bodes well going forward for him um they have uh just talent all around him uh should be given a top six Role, which will then uh, give him. I, I believe they're going to put him on top power play. I don't know if yeah, he, that yet. he could play. Uh, he could play on like the top line with Aho and on the top power play. Yeah, like, absolutely. He could be given all the opportunity to succeed in, right. in year one. Like it's we're potentially looking at Sveshnikov, Aho, Teravainen as yeah. the first line, which would just be obviously the dream scenario. Um, but you can't really bank on that, which is why the thing for yeah. me, like in my opinion, Svechnikov is is should be the number one rookie off the board. Yeah, this year. yeah. Like I would take I like. Agree. Above. You know, he was obviously drafted behind Darlene, but in terms of fantasy, yeah. his fantasy upside is much higher than And any. you just look at how much thinner right wing well, and left wing are, but then the center the, position. Well, right? or D, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I don't have him having, you know, that phenomenal year. I got him topping out at 60 if he does have a good year, I put, um, which is still bottom of my roster, but I'm totally okay with that. Um, but I do like taking the chance on this guy. I mean, he's not he's not the same top four that we've seen from previous rookies but at the same time i mean matt barzell came out of nowhere last year and put up 84 points so yeah yeah, exactly happened you know just be in the right spot and which he is and and really anything playing with aho is gonna be like he's my breakout candidate like if he plays that come on they're gonna be fun to watch i hope carolina has some nationally televised games this year because uh i need to get that in my system yeah, um, I'm gonna go next because mine is probably the next uh, most obvious right wing uh, rookie, and that's Ely Tolvanen of the Nashville Predators. Uh, he may end up being the steal of the draft in 2017. 
uh, when he went 30th overall. The 19-year-old is a shifty winger with an absolutely ridiculous shot. I don't know if you guys have caught a glimpse of this one yet, but uh, he's coming off a 36. I've seen some bombs. Yeah, 19 goals, 17 assists uh, in 49 games in the KHL last year. Came over and had a cup of tea with the National <laughs> Predators, but ultimately was, uh, you know, didn't, wasn't really a factor in the playoffs. Uh, but anyways, he'll likely start the year Fuck on the that. Predators' third line. But when you look at their depth chart, really he only has a Craig Smith and a Callie Yarncrock ahead of him uh, in terms of playing time. So uh, I like his chances for, for st- stealing uh, top six minutes away from one of those guys this year. Um, obviously, all of these guys we talk about have tremendous keeper league value. Uh, but Tolvanen especially, I think, has uh, you know he's worth a late-round flyer in redraft leagues as well. Just... Uh, to take yeah. a flyer on him, see what happens early in the year. Yeah, it could work his way. I mean, Cal Yarncroft, he's been a guy that they put in the top six a bunch, but he also clearly does not have a cemented role in that top six either. So, Because uh, it looks like that's what they're thinking about right now in the in the preseason is Craig Smith on the third line, Cal Yarncroft on the second. There you go. Which is right. bizarre. And Kevin Fiala on the top line, actually. What? Yeah. Our boy. What wing? Right wing, right wing, Arvidsson on the second line. That's just what they're talking about or what they're tinkering with in the uh, – That's also just so – I know Fiala can play both sides, but Fiala played like all of last year on the left side. Yeah, too. and right now he's playing on the right, so yeah. we'll see how it uh, – That'd be awesome for Fiala. See how it pans they're out. already yeah, big Fiala, sure. Oh, exactly. I, I, when I wrote out my sleeper post <laughs> the other day, it was right after I found out that news. I'm like, I like it. But yeah. uh, D, you're a rookie, and then we'll uh, we'll let the people listen to the, some boost owns. You know, technically, my guy's not a rookie, but he basically is. One game over the threshold. Yeah. If oh. you played more than 25 games in your career, you're no longer considered a rookie. Uh, but Daniel Sprong has played in 26 games coming into this season. Not a rookie. He's a native of the Netherlands, so that's fun. That, uh, that's cool. And he was drafted in the second round, 46th overall by the Penguins at the 2015 NHL entry draft. He has five points in 26 career NHL games heading into this season. But is expected to start the year in the Penguins' top nine. He's produced at every level he's played. His yeah. AHL numbers are gross. Yeah, well, even you got his, the last year in, in the queue, he had 59 points in just 31 games. Uh, that was in 2016-17. Last year, as you alluded to, Brock, as a rookie in the AHL, he's a point per game, 65 points in 65 games, 32 goals, 33 assists. Nasty. That kind Nasty. of production in the AHL is almost unheard of for a guy his age. Uh, it certainly suggests he might be able to produce at the NHL level, and he obviously has the potential to move up the Penguins lineup this year. Oh, he sounds like a primo candidate to play with Crosby. Yeah, maybe spend some time with Crosby, but you know what? If he doesn't play with Crosby, he potentially also plays with Evgeny Malkin. If he doesn't play with Malkin, he, he might Derek, play with Phil Kessel. And Derek Pissarro. Yeah, there you go, man. Dirty. Oh, it might be a mix of all of the above. So I was going to pick him, except he's not a rookie. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> just kidding. we talked about how there's really no one else to talk about at the no. right wing position. Uh, so we thought we'd give Daniel Sprong a shout-out. I just think the perceived Zerp. possibility of him spending some time this year in the Penguins' top six is enough to warrant a mention tonight. He's a sleeper candidate in the deepest of leagues, and I think he's going to be an early waiver wire target to start the season. For sure. I totally agree. Cool. Anything else to add, Beebs? Are we good to go? No, I think that's, uh, that's a solid uh, sprung out of here. <laughs> Sounds good. That, that was sense. the uh, right-wing <laughs> episode of the – Position previews on the like DFO sp- podcast. There you go. We will be pump? back next week to preview the blue lines and the goaltenders D's favorite episode. Yeah, time to talk about how good your team is and how many starts you're going to get. Exactly. That's all, I <laughs> that's care all about. that matters. But uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you did, head over to iTunes, give us five stars, say something nice about us. Enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you guys back here next week.
Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.